they hate And I know better than to listen to the people who are calling us names I can feel the sun Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, and this is episode 446 of the Lots Project Podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control. That's another Coffee with Brian, a daily morning chat. Good morning, Rachel. How are we doing? Rewilder Life says, hey, I made it. Good morning. Good morning. It's been a while. I hope you're doing well this morning. Hope the smoke is clearing up. I saw you had filters on your box fans and uh, and trying to make it through the the smoky um, haze from the Canadians trying to burn their country down. Um, has anybody noticed if the pot fields have caught on fire in Canada yet? Has things chilled up in the north, chilled out in the north uh, northern United States yet? Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Smoky, smoky. I saw pictures uh, a few different places. Um, Rachel's up in Michigan, and I saw some from Illinois and Wisconsin, Minnesota, and it just uh, doesn't look fun. It doesn't look fun. Um, I remember it happening a few times when we were up in Minnesota. But anyway, anyway, what are we talking about today? I'm going to talk about the dogs, talking about my dogs and uh, some walking habits that I've been I've had on my list for a little bit that uh, these guys have these idiosyncrasies. Um, they're all different. They're all different. They're all pain in the ass, but they're all different and uh, special in their own way. And I use special very, very lightly. Uh, I have a request I did uh, and talk about some interviews I did uh, that'll be coming up in July. I won't spoil all the news, but there is something that's going to come out of uh, a couple of them that I wanted to share today. And that will be the other two topics that I, I try to hit up. And uh, yeah, the history segment and uh, Perfect Cup today. And Corey and I just had an interesting, interesting discussion about her Perfect Cup answer for today. Uh, good morning, Renegade Butcher. How are we doing? Um, yeah, I got to leave that one alone. <laughs> Corey and I, Corey and I may, have, may have been uh, joking about Josh a little bit this morning, too. And the fact uh, fact that he needed a shower so he didn't stink on uh, on his show last night. Morning, Joe. How we doing? Blakesley Acres coming in. Is it Joe or Joseph? I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be. I've never been formally introduced. I don't want to be calling you by the wrong name. Uh, <laughs> some people are weird like that. I would hate for you to hate me just because I didn't know. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. Um, what else? What else? Uh, drinking today. I have uh, Ethiopian in the cup still. Still fantastic. Still still just great. Um, I've talked about it before that, you know, one of the ways you can tell that your coffee is super fresh, that it's uh, very uh, recently roasted, is that it's off-gassing quite a bit. Um, normally, if it was in like a sealed bag, the bag would blow up. It would look like a balloon. Uh, but instead, Brian over at Food Forest Farms, when he sends his coffee out, he uses very, very high quality bags. I think they're double lined, maybe triple lined. Uh, I know he buys extra expensive bags uh, to seal in quality, but there is a breather valve. Um, everybody calls you Joe, but it's Joseph. I'll call you Joseph. If you want to be called Joseph, if that's what you prefer, I will call you Joseph. That is that is more than uh, 
I, I try to respect anybody's wishes. I call you whatever you want. I mean, you can call me whatever you want, but I will uh, respect your wishes. And I don't have to believe you're what you choose to be, but I'll t- call you whatever you want. Anyway, there's a one-way breather valve in Brian's bags that uh, that releases the off-gassing. Uh, but one sure sign when you get fresh is when you make a French press and you pour the hot water in the fresh grounds, uh, it like bubbles up. It it foams up almost like a um, almost like a volcano when you're a kid and you made the the volcano. Um, it's called the bloom. And when it's super fresh, the bloom is huge. It's huge, like absolutely huge. Um, I've known, I've had him tell me, I've had him tell me that uh, he roasted something uh, when we've been doing, when we've been doing taste testing on blends and things like that. I know Brian roasts uh, really soon before he ships C4, but I've known him to tell me, hey, I roasted this and I threw it in the mail as soon as it closed or as soon as it cooled. Um, and so I, uh, I tried that. And when you make that, there's a visual difference and I can see the difference throughout the week. Um, after opening the pound, it's a little bit more, a little bit less or more than a week, depending on how many I have a day, but, uh, you can watch that bloom kind of, uh, get less, but even at the end of the week, I get a bigger bloom in my French presses than I do out of any, uh, any normal coffee that I would pull off the shelf as Starbucks or Caribou or Folgers, especially. But anyway, anyway, that's just a little bit of a visual coffee lesson for you. If you're making a French press and you see a big old bloom coming up, uh, you know, you got some fresh coffee. And if you want to guarantee you getting fresh coffee, you should join the C4 club over at food forest farms. Uh, you can go to the blog post and click on the coffee that I'm drinking every day. I list it out in the blog post. It's a clickable link for you to go get some of your own. So check that out. Check it out. Um, yeah, with that, perfect cup question of the day coming up. We're at six and a half minutes after that uh, dissertation, I guess you'd call it. But uh, a little coffee education on coffee with Brian. That's all I can do. Uh, let's get to that perfect cup question of the day. And then we'll get rolling on with today's show. All right, it's time for the 108th edition of The Perfect Cup, a daily question and my thoughts. Join the discussion in my Telegram channel, t.me slash lots feed. That's t.me slash lots feed, L-O-T-S-F-E-E-D. Head on over there. I post the question Sunday through Thursday, ah, midday, early afternoon. <coughs> you can comment it, comment it, comment on it right there. You click on the post, you hit reply, you hit comment, uh, and you leave your answer. You can interact with the other people on that distinct message, but it doesn't get lost in the chatter. It's always pinned right there on the channel. I can swing by in the morning, grab the answers, bring them to you. I also put it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and MeWe, and Noster uh, first thing. And if you comment on any of those, I may or may not get the get the notifications. Noster is very, very good about uh, about it coming through. I have missed one over there. The other platforms, I've gotten notifications days later that uh, I got an answer. And yeah, I don't like to miss them. So if you have an answer for the question, definitely head on over to the Telegram channel at t.me slash lots feed. Question of the day today is... You are stranded on a desert island. Which three people, dead or alive, are you bringing with you? 
you are stranded on a desert island. And I assume this is um, either a non-rescuing situation or you're going to be there a while. And which three people, dead or alive, are you bringing with you? Now, this week is uh, really the the inaugural week of Corey uh, harassing me enough that I am answering every single question. So I am sure to lead off with my answer. And then I'm, uh, I'm following up at the end with Corey's answer, because if I'm going to have to answer, she's going to have to answer. You're going to like her answer today. Uh, my answer, and I answered first yes, uh, yesterday, just keep in mind, uh, it was kind of like one of those rock, paper, scissors Who's going to say there's first? And um, I volunteered to go first. She said, who are you bringing with you? And my first number one answer, of course, was my beautiful wife. I would not want to spend the rest of my life without her. That's it. Enough said. She's about she's about the only person that uh, can deal with me. And she's probably one of the, the few people that I can stand to be around all the time. So. Number one has to be her for a few reasons. I think she's fun to look at and other things. So that's always a convenient factor. Um, let's see my other two. So that was a no brainer, especially when I'm sitting next to her within striking distance. Um, number two, I think I would pick uh, a Dave Canterbury, I guess, uh, would probably be probably be a wise choice. Uh, I am um, not super confident in my bushcrafting skills. I, I mean, I can, I could probably keep myself alive, but uh, I follow a lot of Dave's stuff online. And I think, um, I think you could be more than comfortable if you had uh, old Dave Canterbury helping you through uh, figuring out this deserted island. And uh, I don't want to spoil or alert the rest of them, but uh, a couple other people kind of dialed in on what I was thinking, but I went with uh, Nikola Tesla too. Nikola Tesla, man, to sit and talk to that man for hours and hours and hours on end uh, while there's nothing else to do but wait to be rescued. I think that'd be a trip for sure. Uh, I did go back and forth with the Dave Canterbury answer and thinking about um, tying back into yesterday's history segment or the day before. I, I actually contemplated Corey and then Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla and then just sit there and listen to him argue about it. Who, who invented electricity, <laughs> who harnessed it, or who, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Listen to Tesla rag on Edison about being a dumbass. That would be, that would be interesting. But I figured being, uh, having a bushcraft survivalist with me uh, would be probably a better idea. Let's get on to those other answers. Canadian Farmstead weighed in and uh, man, I like where your brain's going. He said, Marianne, Ginger, and Nikola Tesla. He just doesn't have that survivalist guy in there. Maybe he's a little more confident in his skills, but I see where you're going with those first two. You know, they're they're uh, they're accustomed to being on on deserted islands, and um, neither one was uh, was bad to look at. Hey, good morning, Backwoods Butcher, rolling in about normal. I should just start start uh, start the show at quarter after six every morning, and uh, then Kyle wouldn't be late. Getting hit in the face with a baby arm, huh? Was it holding an apple? Chris Dixon weighed in. Chris Dixon says, uh, I'm stranded. Why the fuck would I want company? Just to hear them bitch and complain about everything? 
I'll enjoy the peace and quiet. <laughs> I love, I love Chris. I love Chris's attitude. I love Chris's answers to my questions. Um, Sometimes I think they're pretty snarky and I love it. <laughs> Other times it's like spot on with the answers. So bravo, Chris, you're always entertaining. And um, I'm not, I'm not that far off with, um, with wanting to just be by myself. <laughs> Morning, Greenberry Grove. How we doing? Thanks for swinging in. Uh, Mona weighed in on the question and said, she has to agree with Chris, assuming it's not forever. I'd rather not entertain other people. Imagine them arguing and being trapped. Finding people who entertain each other without being annoying would be hard. Yeah, but you know, you can always you can always play games with it too. Now, some some um, some things that you can watch and uh, be outside of if you have influencing force in can be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, a lot of times when I would get bored at jobs, that that those games were fun to play, depending on the coworkers. So, Mona, I get it. I get it. But what if it was forever? You said it's assuming that it's not forever. What if it had been forever? Hmm. Would your answer be different? Kyle, the Backwoods Butcher, weighed in and said he would take his wife. Uh-huh. Um, Blake Lively and uh, Jennifer Lawrence for the, 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 for the conversation, obviously. Uh, I was thinking about Kyle's answer last night, and I said, well, I mean, that's really cool that, uh, that he brought two playthings for his wife. I mean, who are you bringing for yourself? Kyle's going with a bunch of women on an island. Great idea. Great idea, Kyle. How, how old are you? We got a little growing up to do. <laughs> You'll learn. You'll learn. Uh, James, Gingerbread Farms, weighed in and said he would take Tesla. Popular choice. And there is a reason why. I think the, the conversation, just like I said, would be fantastic. Uh, he wants Tesla and Einstein. Another one that I, uh, I pondered. Uh, with that conversation piece being weighed in. And then uh, James wants to bring Jesus. Any particular Jesus? Or the the Jesus? Or the Jesus uh, from Big Lebowski? Hmm. I'm guessing he meant the guy in the book. The guy in the book, so... James, interesting choices for sure. I, I'm sure any of them would be fascinating conversation. I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure James uh, can take care of himself in the survivalist in the survivalist realm. So I think he just was looking for people to keep him from not going insane um, and being bored. So those were who came in. And now for uh, my beautiful bride, my beautiful bride weighed in. I'm making her way in. And... Um, she had a lot of uh, follow-up questions for this, and I think it's interesting that um, she thinks she gets follow-up questions. Everybody everybody in the audience just reads the question and leaves their answers. Uh, and Corey, Corey decides that she needs follow-up questions. And because she is my... Um, because she's my wife, and because she can probably make my life miserable if uh, I don't answer the questions, I, I decide to humor her. Uh, just mainly to see what her answers are. And, uh, oh, wait, we have another submission here to, before Corey's answers. 
Renegade Butcher didn't comment in, on the channel. Uh, he was a little busy, but he comments in the live feed here and says, Superman and two unnamed hookers. Uh, when the party's over, we fly somewhere less boring. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I don't know if Superman is actually real, dude. I, I think it was just a TV show and a comic book. Um, so Corey says, you, of course, after I answered, so like she could have actually said anything but me for number one after I laid that gauntlet down. And then she wanted qualifications if a dog counts as a person or does she get dogs anyway? I'm like, yeah, you get a dog. You get a dog plus three people, dear. Um, and I said, just just be warned that in survival situations, a lot of times dogs need to be eaten. And she says, not my dog. <laughs> so, so Corey's going to have a dog with her um, that doesn't count as a person. And then you decided she wants some survivalist guy because she thought that was a good idea, but she wasn't sure who. Um, and um, who was your third? Oh yeah, it was uh, it was up in the air. She she didn't have any specifics. She just she just wanted a cook, a musician, or another dog, or possibly a little armored one. My wife, I tell you, she will not be prepared for an emergency situation where she has to choose three people to go to and be stranded on an island with. She'll be like, I'll just take any cook. I mean, she could get somebody that cooks food she doesn't even like. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. She wants two dogs, an armadillo, her husband, some somebody to cook her some food, and somebody to play music for her. She doesn't think that sounds so bad. I'll hang out on a deserted island with you, baby. Anyway, that is the perfect... <laughs> Cor Renegade Butcher says Corey's hiring a traveling circus. <laughs> she does ride unicycle, guys. She does ride unicycle. Anyway, that's the perfect cup question for the day. Again, the question was, you were stranded on a desert island. Uh, which three people, dead or alive, are you bringing with you? We had lots of practical answers, and then we had some other answers. If you want to participate in the question of the day, please find me on socials, on Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, uh, LinkedIn, Noster, or the most important way is to head on over to that Telegram channel at t.me slash lots feed and find that question and uh, comment. You'll be on the show tomorrow. Find it today after the show. Blog post will go out. All this, the posts will be spread across socials. Check them out. Share them. Even if you don't want to, uh, even if you don't want to participate, hit that share button, and maybe one of your friends does. Again, this has been another edition of the Perfect Cup, and now back to the main show. Well, that was uh, that was an interesting question. It was uh, it was a fun discussion with uh, my wife last night, and then against this morning. Uh, get a little chuckle out of her. Sometimes. Sometimes. Most of the time. We get chuckles. We get chuckles for sure. <coughs> uh, Pip was weighing in early this morning. Three-ish in the morning. Easter. Three three our time. So that would be three central. Uh, four o'clock Eastern when he was on his way to work. He, uh, he weighed in with... Uh, his mind was blown today. Because he learned there was a Spaceballs, the animated series. 
Interesting. Interesting. If you know anything about Spaceballs, you might know somebody we might be talking about in today's Lots of History. And with that, let's get over to that Lots of History and uh, and see what's going on today from Pip over at DuctionCups.com. If you guys like the history segment, be sure to check out Duction Cups and uh, give Pip some love for all the work he puts into the show. I appreciate it greatly. And uh, yeah, here we go. Hello, everyone. It's June 28th. Good Wednesday and happy uh, Wednesday. Lots of history has a few wiki nuggets for the class. No notes will be necessary, but suggested. A Florida dude will be trying to stick with threes of each. Three history, three births, three deaths, and four holidays. We'll go nuts. Today gets an extra birthday note and an extra we helped him stop his oxygen habit note. We helped him stop his oxygen habit. Oh, boy, I am looking forward to this. This day, June 28th, 1902, the U.S. Congress passes the Spooner Act, authorizing President Theodore Roosevelt to acquire rights from Colorado for the Panama, excuse me, acquire rights from Columbia, not Colorado. <laughs> wow. For the Panama Canal. Did you guys know that they uh, put the Panama Canal in Colorado? <laughs> the Panama Canal Act was written by the United States Senator from Wisconsin, John Colt Spooner, enacted on June 28, 1902, and signed by President Roosevelt the following day. It authorized purchasing the assets of a French syndicate called the Campaign Nouvelle de Canal de Panama. Yeah, provided that a treaty could be negotiated with the Republic of Colombia. The syndicate, headed by Philippe Jean Bonavarilla, sold at a price reduced from $110 million to only $40 million. U.S. lawyer William Nelson Cromwell subsequently received a commission of $800,000 for his lobbying. Pips notes, the U.S. government inflation calcul calculator only goes back to 1913. Weird. What happened in 1913? But that 800K would be about $24 million ish in 2023. Uh, USD. Spooner Act. Check it out. Links are in the blog post after the show. This day, June 28th, 1978. The United States Supreme Court in Regents of the University of California versus Baki bars quota systems in college admissions. Later reversed in the 90s because we had to go all woke. <laughs> a landmark decision by Supreme Court of the United States, which involved a dispute of whether preferential treatment for minorities can reduce educational opportunities for whites without violating the Constitution. Oh, we just don't call them quotas. It upheld affirmative action, allowing race to be one of the several factors in college admissions policy. However, the court ruled that specific racial quotas, such as the 16 out of 100 seats set aside for minority students by the University of California Davis School of Medicine, were impermissible. Hmm. Our country and its race relations. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. This day, June 28th, Brian was in a indoor in-ground pool watching something, and it happened to be 
Evander Holyfield versus Mike Tyson, too. Mike Tyson is disqualified in the third round for biting a piece of Evander Holyfield's ear. I remember it like it was yesterday. Pips notes, I can see the boxing ref do a face palm after telling both boxers to have a good, clean fight. Perhaps Mike's heard good, clean bite. Yeah. Um, I saw the picture the other day. I happened to be scrolling through on socials, and um, I saw the picture of the cops going to arrest or put in custody Mike Tyson after he bit Andrew Holyfield's ear off. And Tyson's all bowed up, like, in the middle of rage fight mode. And these cops are looking at him like, do we really want to do this shit? <laughs> Dude, that guy was a beast. Uh, I was actually on, um, I was on break from college. I was visiting some friends down at their house. They had a really cool indoor in-ground pool with big screen TV and the whole nine yards. And uh, yeah, we were just having a party, hanging out in the pool, watching the fight on the big screen. And all of a sudden, chomp goes the ear. Uh, happy birthdays. Let's move on to these birthdays. Happy birthday this day in 1926. Mel Brooks, American actor, director, producer, and screenwriter. Brooks rose to prominence, becoming one of the most successful film directors of the 1970s. His best-known films include The Producers, The Twelve Chairs, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Silent Movie, High Anxiety, History of the World Part 1, Spaceballs, and Robin Hood Men in Tights. He wrote and produced the Hulu series History of the World Part 2. Pips notes, hear me out. We remake Blazing Saddles and 10 times more colorful puns and comments. Release it and le let people's heads explode. Just a thought. Pip, I don't think we need to edit it. I think if we release Blazing Saddles today, it would be an absolute shit show. And it would be phenomenal. I uh, remember my father telling me he got to see Blazing Saddles in the theater. That was released in 1974, four years before I was born. Hey, Mel Brooks, happy birthday, my man. Um, let's see. Uh, this day, June 28th, 1937, Ron Luciano, American baseball player and umpire, uh, an American professional baseball player, umpire who worked in Major League Baseball, American League from 1969 to 1979. He was also known for his flamboyant style, clever afor of aphorisms, and a series of published collections of anecdotes from his colorful career. This day in 1966, John Cusack, American actor and screenwriter, Pips notes, it's a toss-up for me, best movie, gross point blank, yeah, or high fidelity, yeah. Um, Cusack, I love him. Guy's uh, pretty pretty cool, pretty cool guy. Um, his movies, always just a little, um, his character's a little off, and uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, this day in 1971, if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Uh, Elon Musk, South African-born American entrepreneur, Pips Nose Brian is silly, though. How about a counter on the live feed for network interruptions while podcasting? Attempted humor. That's a good joke, Pip. It's it 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 needs a little bit of work. The delivery, the delivery is my problem. The delivery. Kyle says he's never saw it. I imagine he's talking Blazing Saddles. We will have to uh, talk about that here later, uh, maybe offline. But uh, let's see who kicked off today, finish up this history segment. Passings today, this day in 1970. No, 
<laughs> Sorry. June 28, 1776, the American Revolutionary War. Thomas Hickey, Continental Army private and bodyguard to General George Washington, is hanged for mutiny and sedition. A Continental Army soldier in the American Revolutionary War and the first person to be executed by the Continental Army for mutiny, sedition, and treachery. Pips notes, I don't think that's the first the most people want to be known for. Just saying. Oh, Josh says Kyle's left a few saddles blazing. I think Kyle's left has had his saddle left blazing more than anything. This day... In 1981, Terry Fox, Canadian runner and activist, an American, a Canadian athlete, humanitarian and cancer research activist. In 1980, with one leg having been amputated due to cancer, he embarked on the East to West Coast, East to West Cross Canada run to raise money and awareness for cancer research. Although the spread of his cancers eventually forced him to end his quest after 143 days and 5,373 kilometers. 3,339 3, 3, freedom units and ultimately cost him his life. His efforts result in a lasting worldwide legacy. Pips notes, I feel like I've read this dude's story. Cheers. It's a good story. Yeah, I've heard this guy's story many times. Um, Terry Fox just sits in my head and it, it is a great story. So check that out. Head on over to the blog after and hit that link and uh, re and find out more about Terry Fox. And this day in 2005, Michael P. Murphy, American Lieutenant Medal of Honor recipient. He was the first member of the United States Navy to receive the award since the Vietnam War for his actions during the war in Afghanistan. Pips clips. He dropped the satellite phone after being shot more than 14 times, but picked the phone back up and finished the call. Murphy signed off saying thank you, then continued fighting from his exposed position until he died from his wounds. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, hold on a second. I just got to get shot. <laughs> oh, 14 times I dropped the phone. <laughs> hold on. Let me grab it. Finish the call. <laughs> That's called badassery, I'm pretty sure. Uh, this day, June 28th, we lost a legend. We lost a legend. Billy Mays, American TV personality, was born in 1958. An American television director, response advertising salesman. Throughout his career, he promoted the wide variety of pro products, including OxyClean, Orange Glow, Kaboom, and Zorbez. Zorbies, excuse me. His promotions aired mostly on the Home Shopping Network, though his Oh, through his company, Maze Promotions Incorporated, although they aired on various other syndicated networks. Pips notes, but wait, there's no more passings. <laughs> no more Billy Mays. Oh, Billy Mays. Mm, Billy Mays. Two holidays today. Let's get to them. A Ukrainian public holiday celebrated on the 28th of June since 1996. It didn't say the holiday. It commemorates the anniversary of the approval by... Uh, by Verkhovna Rada, Ukraine's parliament of the Constitution of the Ukraine on 28th of June, 1996. The Constitution was adopted by the parliament at 9.20 a.m. on the 28th of June, 1996, after deputies had worked all day and all night on the project, remaining in session half without breaks. 
Constitution Day did become a public holiday in the Ukraine because its foundation was enshrined in the Constitution itself. It is the only public holiday that is mentioned in the Constitution. Soviet Constitution Day on October 7th was never observed in the Ukraine SSR. Oh, man. Yeah. That that history, er, that area and its history is a long, tangled mess that if you grew up in America, you probably don't know the actual story uh, because they don't like to, they don't like to, um, yeah, never mind. Uh, let's see another um, another holiday over in East Ponds and Ponds Nan Remembrance Day, the first of several massive pro in Poland. Excuse me, <laughs> the first of massive several massive protests against the communist government of the Polish People's Republic. Demonstrations by workers demanding better working conditions began on the 20th of June 1956 at the Ponds uh, yeah factories. Some word that has more consonants than vowels put together and i don't think i can make my tongue go that direction um it started in some factories and were met with violent violent repression as most um <laughs> as most revolutions do oh check them out check them out if you want to read the words that i can't read head on over to the lotsproject.com after the show there'll be a blog post or check the socials i i spread it around after anyway it's been pip Pip from DuctionCups.com reminding you to GSD both in your in your coffee cup and in today's work. Go forth and duck through it. Are you okay? <laughs> Wife is losing her shit over here. She's fine. She's fine. All right. Are you okay? Yeah, I just wrote <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. She's writing the grocery list. I can only imagine what it's going to say when I go to get groceries today. Anyway, let's get to the show. Let's get back to the show uh, after that. Backwoods says, hi, Corey. She says, hello, <laughs> in between her tears of laughter. I don't know what's going on with her. It's going to be super funny, I'm guessing. It's not. She says it's not. <laughs> oh, what do we got to talk about today? Let's talk about the dogs. Every once in a while, I got to just remember to talk about the dogs because they are our family here. Um, they are our kids. They're actually probably more uh, work to take care of than kids, I would say, at this point. Uh, even even infants with um, with diapers and feedings and all that stuff. I think these guys probably take more energy. <sighs> Maybe not than triplets. It'd be the same as triplets, I think. But anyway, they all have their certain personalities. They all do um, things, both good and bad, that uh, we love. We love for sure. I've talked uh, at length about how uh, Norman tries to get under my chair every day. Uh, tries to sit. Tries. He does sit under my, uh, my desk. Anytime I get up out of my chair, he moves the chair out of the way and plops his ass right under right under my uh <coughs> excuse me right under my desk so i can't sit down i have to move the chair off to the side i got to be all kitty wampus to the to the table and um yeah he doesn't want to move these guys they're known for this and they're known for if they get in some place they wouldn't want to go they're just not going to move 
what are you going to do? It's a 180-pound dog laying there, dead weight. Yeah, it's just useless. So I poke and prod him and get him to move. But anyway, today I would just want to talk about their walking mannerisms. Every morning I take these dogs for a walk one at a time because three at a time would be, I don't think it would be advisable. Maybe, maybe with their, uh, with their collars, with their prong collars, they are pretty controllable, but we do have a lot of, um, distractions on this road. So we have lots of other dogs. We have wildlife. We have little armored ones. We have, um, Corey found a empty water bottle with a used condom this morning. Um, well, Norman found it and Corey discovered what it was and, let made Norman leave it alone, but you know, we have distractions. We have, uh, <laughs> we have distractions along the way. Uh, Backwoods Butcher asks if Norman asks why the sky is blue and then argue with you for 45 minutes that it's actually green, then demand an apple. No, that's Corey. No, no, um, no, Norman can't talk, Renegade. He is a dog or, uh, <laughs> Kyle, he's a dog. He can't he can't ask questions. I don't do you do you have a talking dog, Kyle? <laughs> Renegade Butcher says yes, yes, he does while drooling 17 gallons of semen-like substance. Yes, yes. Uh semen, egg whites. I mean, yeah, you take your pick. You take your pick. Uh all looks the same when it dries. Um Anyway, so lots of distractions on the walk, so I don't take them by themselves. I take them individually. Um, Backwood says it's not harder than children. You do know they make ball gags. I'm sure your wife's put one on you. Get creative, man. Kids talking is not a bad thing. You should answer all the kids' questions. Here's the deal. When the kid asks why, explain it to him. Because if you tell him to stop asking why... That's what the government wants, man. That's what they want. They want them not to question things. <laughs> Renegade Butcher says, just because I can't hear them doesn't mean he isn't asking. Is that why you're always talking to the dogs? You can actually hear them? <laughs> Corey talks to the animals. She talks to the animals. Anyway. So I take them in each individually every day, every day. Uh, sometimes on weekends, Corey, Corey and I go together depending. Uh, but every weekday uh, I take them because Corey's hard at work and they need to go for a walk. So I spend a decent amount of time with these dogs individually, one on one. And they both they all have mannerisms. They both they all three of them. Norman's kind of like rubbing his head against me because I know he knows I'm talking about him down here and uh, he's excited to hear what I'm going to say. Well, let's start. We go in the same order every day. Let's um, let's give you the order that we go. Walter is the first. He's the oldest. He is very impatient. If there was someone that got the door open and it wasn't him going first, I think there would be a mutiny in here. I think he would have an issue the whole time we were gone. So Walter goes first. Walter is an interesting guy. Um, 99% of the time, Walter drags ass when you're walking, like literally, you know, you know, the scene when people are like, um, 
the dog's pulling and you got to imagine that he's 160 pounds. If he pulls, he pulls significantly. Your arm is stretched out. Usually we're dragging him. Usually it's the opposite. He wanders. He just kind of moseys along. He pees on everything. He is a marker. We uh, we were contemplating keeping him intact to breed him when we got him because he is a pretty breed standard. Um, yeah, like exactly what we should have bred him. Uh, but we didn't, but we waited just too long and he had started marking before we got his balls cut off and now he pisses on everything. Literally, when we take him for a walk, uh, when the three of us or the five of us go, we have the three dogs with, uh, the other dogs will pee and he will stop and pee on where the other dogs pee, just so he is the last one. So that's Walter peeing on everything. Uh, and literally, when he is done with his walk, when he feels like he's walked enough, he turns around. He will start by looking over his shoulder quite a bit, like something's behind him keeps looking and eventually he'll just stop and turn around or his new classic move is he'll he'll stop to take a poop or squat like he's peeing well he lifts his leg mostly but he'll he'll go to pee or it or poop and as he's doing it he will waddle his ass around in a circle and face the other way so that when he's done he just starts walking towards home now this could be anywhere from like 30 yards down the road to 100 yards down the road. But when Walter's done and wants to go home, he just turns around. I'm done. I haven't figured out what's going to happen if you don't listen to him. Uh, I've seen horror videos of uh, St. Bernard's just laying down and you're just stuck until they decide they want to go because there's no moving them. There is really no moving them. So that's Walter. That's Walter. Just lazy. Um, like I try to stroll with him. I try to walk slow with him some days and sometimes it's just impossible. He, he literally just drags along. So then I bring him back I bring him back and, and uh, he goes on pretty short walk cause he obviously decides when he's done. <laughs> then I pick up Norman, Norman, Norman. Um, he is, he is an interesting dog. He, um, when we when we take the dogs out, well, picture this. They have a collar on. We have to put another collar on. And this is a prong collar. And it takes a little, you know, you have to take the chain and loop it through and bring it back over. And there's a clip that clips together. It takes a little bit dexterity. Um, you got to be able to kind of see what you're doing. And you have to have it kind of tight. So they got this big bulky skin around their neck. So you need them to have their neck kind of. Uh, extended so you can kind of put it around so you don't catch their jowls in it and all sorts of fun stuff. Well, Norman, um, if he goes into, so we usually swap out the dogs in the bathroom. I forgot to mention that. We have like the airlock in there where one dog goes in with no collar or leash, uh, both doors shut, collar goes on, leash goes on. Then they go out the door, door shuts gives us like a barrier for the other dogs just running out the door because I don't think they would <laughs> probably, I don't want to find out. Anyway, when you go to put Norman's collar on, if you let him into the bathroom before you do it, he puts, goes in and he puts his nose to the door and then he drops his head as far as he can. And he just stands there. 
like he's trying to open the door with his forehead. And trying to get the collar up under his chin and get it on is impossible. You try to lift his head up, and it's just like dead weight. You try to manipulate his head around. So Norman gets his collar on before he goes into the bathroom. You let the dog, you let, uh, you let, and they all stand at the bathroom door. I don't know if you've ever been in a camper. When you, like, the hallways, the quote-unquote hallways, like, the, the main room isn't that wide. And they all try to get in the door. They all try to get in the way. Move them out of the way. Walter comes out. And you got to quick grab Norman and get his collar on him before you let him in the bathroom. Let him in. Shut the door. Put the leash on him. He's just like dopey. Uh, he just kind of goes. He um, head down. He gets very excited when he smells something and literally dives at the ground. Dives about pulling your shoulder off sticks his nose in the ground and he will not move you pull on him prong collar doesn't matter you got to give him some time and then eventually he'll let you pull him along but i think he would stay and sniff those spots for an hour if you let him another thing norman likes to do is when we're walking down the street there's a lot of construction going on somewhere and the the place where they're uh where they're getting their gravel and their uh fill dirt is kind of down the other road. So there's a lot of dump trucks that go by while we're driving or while we're walking. This dog's like a little kid. He literally likes to stop and watch the trucks go by. We'll stop. Stop walking. The truck is, you know, a good quarter mile down the road. And he, um, he looks over and he'll see a dump truck coming and he'll just stop walking and casually observe the truck coming down the road, watch it go by, watch it go down a little further, and then start walking again. I I don't know. It's amazing. The people wave to him. He's all happy. Norman also decides when he wants to come home sometimes. He'll turn around. He'll just decide it's time to go home. It's interesting. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, what dog doesn't want to go for a walk? Because then I get back, and the next one, this last one, 4,000 miles an hour. He's ready to go. You let Norman in. He comes in. Clyde's right in the bathroom, ready to go. The other two are so dopey and so lazy. And then there's Clyde. Clyde has to go on a double walk every day. Clyde has to go twice as far as the other ones, just because he's so full of energy. Clyde uh, sniff it, sniffes, <laughs> sniffs everything, everything left, right, in between, any type of small noise in the woods. He is all over it, looking at it, checking it out. Not sure what it is, but just spastic the whole way. In the road, out of the road. Dog comes out, Clyde freaks out, whines, wants to play with them. I'm pretty sure he wants to play with them. He'll bark. He gets this nervous whine when you tell him to bark, stop barking. He will stop barking, but then he has that whine, like, I want to bark so bad, Dad, I have to make a noise. Yeah. Well, the next time you go by that house, whether the dog is out or not, probably the next two or three times you go by that house, whether the dog is out or not, Clyde decides that he needs to have that nervous whine the whole way past. So guess what? There's three houses with dogs on my walk. So every day, all I hear is Clyde nervously whining as we'd walk past those three houses. Clyde goes on a super long walk. 
And uh, yeah, he's really he's he's probably the most normal of the three. I would have to say on his walks of what you would expect on a dog walk. The other two, I swear, you're dragging them. You're trying to get them to come back, um, or not, or trying to get them to go further. And all they are is trying to get you to come back. So. I don't know. I've just been thinking about all these uh, different mannerisms that I, I uh, deal with uh, daily um, with the dogs. Thought I'd lay it out there. I had a long, long day yesterday, guys, of uh, three interviews. Three interviews and a bunch of other stuff getting caught up with, uh, trying to get prepped up for um, our trip in July. Didn't have a lot of show prep time, so that might have been uh, that might have been a throw it in there and uh, pack it in and, and go with it. But I did have one other thing I wanted on the list to talk about today real quick before we do the item of the day, which has its own explanation, too. It's a little bit. Um... Oh, no. Backwards Butcher says, Brian, you inspired me to do an intro video for Saturday's podcast. Does it have anything to do with a sausage horn? <laughs> uh, anyway, the other thing on my list today, I wanted to uh, I wanted to say uh, it was inspired uh, it's two things. It was inspired. Both were inspired by interviews I did yesterday. Uh, one was by a guest talking about podcast guesting. And he's talking about um, when he's looking at podcasts to get his clients on or he's going on. He looks um, he looks at five star rankings. Five star rankings. You sent it to me. That's great. I might be doing something at the moment. <laughs> oh, Kyle. Oh, Kyle. I'll get it after the show, man. I'll get back to you. Anyway, he looks for one thing. And I was wondering if you guys could help me out. I was going to ask for one of two favors. I'll give you options. And they're both free. They are both free. Um, two ways. That you could help if you want to do them both that's fantastic if you want to do one or the other i appreciate it if you don't want to do either i guess it is what it is i would either like you to a go to spotify or um apple podcasts even if you don't listen on these platforms and follow the show and leave a review leave a five-star review Leave a five-star. I mean, even if you have to lie, even if it's like a four or a three, hit that five-star review. Leave a review. No, no. Be honest. Be honest. If you like the show, go ahead. Leave a review. Uh, it helps a ton uh, if you can do it at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I think he was talking to us, the two big ones. Um, and then if you guys don't want to do that, if it's a pain in the ass to go do the review, would you just share it? Share the show with somebody? One of the two. Free things. Hit share. Or go leave a review. He said they'd help grow. I'm uh, I'm putting it to the test, and I'm asking you guys. I know I know how many downloads I have a day. I'm curious. I'm curious uh, how many reviews come out of it, or um, or shares and new downloads. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. The other thing that came up in my interviews yesterday was an event that I want to throw out there. I'll be um, <laughs> I'll be. I'll be talking about it probably off and on between now and uh, October. And then the episode actually is going to actually going to air the end of July while we are out on the road. But I uh, spoke with Jason Sparks, and I think this is important enough to kind of preempt the episode release. Jason Sparks from the Kentucky Sustainable Living Festival, Kentucky Sustainable Living group on Facebook. 
I uh, had a chat with him yesterday about his event that they're having in October. I think I believe it's October 28th and 29th. There's uh, classes on the 27th, a couple weeks after SRF, but it's up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And he was listing off the, the list of speakers and presentations, demonstrations, vendors, and things going on. And they're being added actually still at this point. And I was like, wow, what a great event. What a great event. And I was like, so what does it cost to go to this? And he's like, the tickets are free. The tickets are free. And I was like, are you kidding? He's like, well, there's a charity dinner on Saturday night to help um, uh, help an organization. I guess there's an organization that will come and hunt down pedophiles. I didn't know. Um, where do I sign up? Uh, but it costs like 10 grand for them to run an operation in an area. And they're trying to raise 10 grand to bring them to Kentucky to kind of weed out some pedophiles. So if you're into that, uh, $250 for a dinner. And uh, he, he was saying that over 90% of that goes to uh, raising the money and under 10% goes to feeding you. So if you want to make a donation and get a good dinner, you can do that. Uh, there's also some, um, some medical classes, some uh, pig processing classes, some uh, or, uh, permaculture classes, things like that. But the main event is free. Show up, go in, learn. It's only going to cost you the gas to get there and your lodging while you're there. October 28th, 29th, Bowling Green, Colorado, or Bowling Green, Colorado, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Here's a list of who they have on the, on the thing so far. Chuck Peoples talking about uh, medical preparedness, doing a medical class and a stop the bleed class. Eric Johnson from Porterhouse and Teal teaching permaculture fruit guild class on Friday uh, and doing, I believe, presentation on the weekend. You got Greg Braun. Um, talking about pasture management. You have Jake Drum talking about um, energy solutions. You have Emily Rock bringing a whole cow and doing milking uh, demonstrations for the weekend. Bruce DeVries doing uh, a presentation on biochar. Uh, you got uh, Darren Strong doing one on hog pressing, hog processing. Let's see, we got a trapper. We have uh, people talking um, homestead and farm more people talking about preparedness. I uh, have somebody talking about the first 30 days. He's He designed the U.S. DOD Survival School, helped uh, design part of that. Uh, he'll be he'll be talking and more for free, for free, guys. If you're coming to SRF and can swing it and you can do a little, um, a little longer trip and you can hang out for an extra two weeks, It'd be a pretty cool vacation here in Tennessee and Kentucky in that time of year. I believe pretty, pretty beautiful time of year to be down here. So wanted to throw it out there, give people some time to figure it out if they wanted to go. But uh, yeah, he came out and talked about it yesterday and I was blown away. So wanted to mention it. Check that episode out towards the end of July. I believe it was uh, July 20th ish, somewhere around there. But check that out. Uh, let's see with that item of the day today is the Jabra active elite 20 active elite 75 T's. Corey wants to get a pair. I have been talking that they're 60 bucks instead of 180. I was wrong. I was wrong. It happens every once in a while. I am wrong every once in a while. And I was kind of wrong. The renewed versions of these are $60. The new versions of them are $180. But I went in yesterday when I was checking the link to make sure it worked for the item of the day link in the video description and uh, the blog post and all of that. 
And I do see there are some non-renewed versions in off colors. I'm guessing they're the colors that weren't popular. They have stock of, they're trying to get rid of. Maybe. I don't know. I looked all over those listings for renewed and did not see it. I did see renewed listings. I saw brand new listings. And then I saw these new reduced price listings. If you need a pair of uh, a Bluetooth earphones and you need one that's uh, both for like one ear or both ears for music or for driving, for things like that, great, comfortable, works great, long lasting. I would suggest getting these. I would suggest them at $180. Actually, I'd probably suggest them at $180, keeping an eye on them, get them on sale. But they're worth $180. You always want the discount. Nah. <laughs> under $100. If you could find these things for under $100, well, 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 well worth it. So check them out. Jabra Active Elite 75T Bluetooth headphones. They're great. I love them. I love them and uh, can't recommend them enough. Let's see. We had Ryan, Steve, uh, Ryan Steva, the Homestead Consultant from Monday night. If you want to check that interview, that's out and uh, available. And then coming up tomorrow night, I have Mike Martin from Project Mindfully Outdoors. Should be a great chat about uh, mental health and uh, the role nature can provide in healing. So should be a great chat. I'm all about nature, healing, and uh, taking care of mental health. So should be a very interesting chat. Let's see. Uh, these guys are all wanting to kill. Um, Josh wonders if there's a pedophilia season in Kentucky, and he thinks he's going to switch professions. Uh, Backwoods says, let's the bodies hit the floor. And Josh says, he'll teach the start to bleed class. <laughs> B-Y-O pedo. Oh, man. All right, guys. Coming up in an hour here, I got to get to the farmer's market today. So I got to get wrapped up and uh, get out of here. So if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others or hitting those five-star reviews. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys, and we will catch up with you tomorrow.